Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 135, episode 3 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. It's Thursday, May 28th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Still stuck in lockdown, baby, lockdown, watching Shrek and Scooby, lockdown, <laughs> down, down. It's courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Ray. Hey, hey, die, 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 die. I'm not gonna hide my face for you. Media's trying to make me look a fool. You might hate me based on liberal lies. Fucking die, 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 die. Okay, Christy Yamaguchi man, crispy wow. meme donut with that in sync throwback. Bye, bye, bye. Die, die, die. Uh, and shout out to anybody. There was, I remember in the late 90s, there were in Los Angeles, there were groups of young men who would do in sync dance performances at parties, bar mitzvahs, quinces. Uh, just a oh, little bit of okay. that's how big of Not a wave spontaneously that, they were paid to be there yo there was this one kid sean anthony and his cousins would come through and they're like yo oh, he kind of yeah. looks like justin timberlake they would loved it and he had all the choreo down and i was like damn man the sean so tony for these man? white kids <laughs> <laughs> there was Fuck a uh, at my high school there's this like kid who was a jock who sang uh what was that Backstreet Boys song? You are my oh, fire. I want he, like, it that way. sang it at like some assembly, <laughs> and it was like so bad. But, like people were like, "Woo!" Yeah, it was so <laughs> yeah. That was like it. when this kid played Brain Stew by Green Day at a talent show, and people lost their shit. I'm like, mm, okay, fine. It's a eh, whatever. No shade. It, this shit goes, especially when the drums come in. Well, hey, Miles. We hey. are thrilled to be joined by our first-time guest from yeah. Citizen Critic, Scott yes. Janovitz. Hello. I didn't prepare a song. Uh, That's I'm sorry. okay. Um, and you're a musician too, Scott. I mean, I am. Man, you know the fuck, dude. I didn't get payment. <laughs> I didn't get paid in advance for the song. So yeah, right. fair enough. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> Scott, where are you coming to us from? I'm outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Okay, me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, technically we're all in outside Los of Angeles. Boston. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how how is everything out there? What, what's things it are like? good. Uh, things yeah. are good. People, this is kind of an you know one of the epicenters of the of the of the COVID, and people are not being careful, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. the case everywhere. I just went out to the Target, uh, and people have got their masks on, hung down around their chins. It's yeah. just yeah. it's an accessory. It's like yeah. the it's like the thing where like when you like would wear a seatbelt, but you took that shoulder strap and basically <laughs> put it behind your back. You're like, that's not nah, all right. Well, you're gonna be head slamming the dashboard. But yeah. like it's the same thing, like, well, it's kinda that's it good enough. I don't wanna be Yeah, the, the seatbelt was uncomfortable. Person. Yeah, the seatbelt was uncomfortable, so I just I replaced it with a crocheted uh, soft things. Yeah. To, or people to, who yeah. I remember, like in high school, people would just put the buckle the seatbelt behind them just so it would yeah, shut yeah, off the yeah. annoying beep in the car. And like these, these aren't. This is <laughs> not safety. Like, go that. That takes extra work to buckle yeah. it behind you. Yeah. It um, does. Oh no! I had. I there were people who had it buckled in the whole damn time. Like it yeah, would never. Oh, it was just like it. that's where it was. Always. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. Uh, I get in oh, the yeah, car. I get. Them. I get in the car with my father, and he doesn't buckle his seatbelt, and he doesn't buckle it behind him. He just drives with the thing dinging for like oh ten yeah. minutes, <laughs> where somebody's like, "Hey, why don't you uh, buckle that in?" It's like the yeah. uh, smoke detector with the dying battery. It's like you yeah. can just kind of get it just becomes part of your reality. It's amazing what the human mind can get used to. Yeah, um, fade that out. Scott, tell yeah. us about your show, man, because you are you are a sister show on the network as well. That's uh, right. And it's, you know, everyone's like you got to get these guys on. You got to get these guys. They got takes on everything. Uh, you, so you have well, to get these guys. Yeah, I got to just <laughs> let people forced. know a little bit who might not be familiar with you. So when we start getting into it, they go, "Okay, I see what yeah. I see. I think I'm, I think I'm into what Scott's putting down." All right. Well, yeah. The the show is we have a tagline. It's uh, critiquing the critics and reviewing the reviews. 
so yes. that, that that explains a lot of it. We we basically yeah. we you know we we focus in on mostly movies and TV, uh, and then we'll do uh, products and services that are related to that subject. So you know we did an episode on Batman and. We read a a bad review of the you know the Tim Burton Batman movie, yeah, and we kind of you know we riff on that for a while, uh, and then we'll move over to like Yelp reviews by actual citizen critics who are reviewing things like, you know, a Batman costume for a grown man, <laughs> uh, Batman oh, toasters, man. Uh, right, right, you know, right. just like, like it's a little tight around the midsection. I don't oh know man, this this shit. one guy, his wife just. T- Tears him apart like accidentally. <laughs> right. She just goes in on him and how ridiculous he looks in this costume. And she's uh, trying to complain about the costume, but she, in the right. as an aside, she just decimates her husband. Oh, I right. love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm somebody who like pays attention to Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes the way that most functional adults pay attention to like the stock market yeah. or other, you know, indicators that have actual impact on them. Right. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm psyched about this show, man. That sounds, sounds awesome. Yeah. We, we go to all those wells and we found a new one recently. I was like, Oh, we, I can check out. I've heard about letterboxd. It's like, let me go to letterboxd. letterboxd. There's some good okay. user reviews on letterboxd. Oh, man, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, re- reviewing reviews is just like one of my favorite pastimes. Like one of my yeah. favorite tumblers was one star Yelp reviews of strip clubs. Oh uh, my god! And it was like the expectations and the the entitlement of these customers was, and it was never really about the dancers or anything. It was about oh, no. like the decor. The right. bar was sticky. The the all you can eat buffet they thought they were getting was actually being. We ran, ran across the street from the like the fried fish shack across the street. They don't have a kitchen on premises. You're like, whoa, okay. Oh man, buffets. People go in on buffets. We, <laughs> yeah, we did one. We did a Vegas centric episode and a lot of material on buffets. Yeah, people <laughs> judge their more, entire yeah. vacations on the quality of the buffet, and it's like, oh. man, it's a buffet on a riverboat casino. Don't right. eat anything on it. Yeah. yeah, it's like the we need sushi more fish. here is not that yeah, exactly. good on this, yeah. <laughs> on this exactly river right. boat casino. Um, <laughs> it smells of cigarette smoke, like tuna, everything else around. The tuna it. was crunchy, but it was raw. <laughs> raw. <laughs> it was accidentally crunchy. Yeah. Um, it space food, dehydrated. <laughs> All right, Scott, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners what we're talking about today. All right. All right. So we're going to talk about Joe Scarborough uh, because this is getting put on the same level as the president's tweets about how the ele- like voter fraud. So I just want to I want to put a division in place as far as how I'm thinking about the president's tweets, because uh, there's like suspicious things about the Joe Scarborough thing that the president's pointing out. That's not, uh, I'm not, I don't think we ideologically need to be like Joe Scarborough's a saint. Uh, <laughs> at, if we're, uh, you know, also critical of what the president is saying about voter fraud, uh, we are going to talk about the George Floyd video, just the most horrifying, despicable, enraging, but predictable thing to happen this week. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a Labyrinth sequel that Mm. uh, may be incoming. Also, the astronauts are on the... I I said the tarmac. That's not right. It's the launch pad, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, so if anything happens there, we'll we'll cut to that. Uh, It's being streamed by NASA, who is... I did not know NASA was as involved as they are. That makes me much less uh, nervous. I liked it when SpaceX was like this backyard thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Miles, you thought that NASA was streaming it at first uh, just to be like, look at at this amateur shit. Well, when Daniel was like, yo, NASA's got the SpaceX launch on on Twitch, I'm like, wow, okay, NASA. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they've already got the hashtag fail up on the screen. (laughs) Oh God, that would be the darkest thing. It's like just yeah, like their social media managers all like just drunk, like 
bilingual tweeting like check out these payasos over here at space <laughs> like what the f-? a lot of people don't realize but that video of the flat earther uh trying to take off in a rocket was taken by nasa they were like yeah yeah, yeah. no go for it man let's, yeah. let's see uh yeah let's see how see this how goes, goes for you <laughs> Uh, NASA is actually the most evil fucking song. organization. They're reveling in misery. They're like actually smart, not just people who take tests well, uh, but also petty in my mind, uh, yeah. which I'm making up. Uh, why am I talking about Mensa when Jamie Loftus is not here? Uh, yeah, to defend it. <laughs> uh, but first, Scott, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Oh, yeah. So my most interesting search history tends to be on my iPhone um, because that's where you're just kind of in the, in the moment. Like, yeah, I need to know. I have no f- no fewer than three different Safari windows or tabs or the you know mobile version of that uh, open right now that are on um, vintage eyeglasses. Oh, vintage eyeglasses. Vintage eyeglasses. And it tells you something about me because I have been looking, I lost my beloved pair of vintage American optical eyeglasses in 2014, and maybe late, late 14, and have not replaced them yet. And I, I need them terribly. I, I need can't them drive. to see. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I have six people. years. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have a terrible backup pair uh, that are barely held together that I've been wearing. But what I are, keep like, going. I just can't commit to a pair yeah. of eyeglasses. Wow, uh, that's I'm, like. We- it's like it's like the notebook or some shit. Like you, this pair was like so important. You're like, I could never another the, pair. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and that's my few, that's the rest of my what, life. What are the uh, like? What exactly are the what's special about the frames? I'm ignorant to the appeal of a vintage sunglass or eyeglass frame or whatever. But like, what is what? My what problem is, is that I was I have my heart set on finding the same frames again. Oh, um, got it. And cannot find them. Um, yeah, they were just a really quality pair of, you know, new old stock, uh, American optical plastic frame glasses. I love them. And I, you know, now I'm trying to find substitutes, like something close to right. it and I'm just having no luck, but I'll be sitting there watching TV and see somebody with cool glasses and I'll be like, Oh, let me search uh, that and see if I can find those glasses. Right. right <laughs> Have you right. tried this, uh, this brand Luxottica? They're this company <laughs> that uh, makes like a couple. No, I'm just joking. They make all the glasses now. <laughs> no. They're a international Ew. global monopoly. Heard of Barbie Parker? Yeah, Warby Parker. <laughs> or Warby? Shit, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I, hey, optician, optician Zeitgang. Uh, if you, if anything Scott has said about these frames rings true to you, please hit him up on Twitter and help please this man do. find his sunglasses. Yeah, I mean, his eyeglasses. Eyeglasses. Is there yeah. a? Uh, is there a glasses like StockX? Like for people, oh, shit. for the real, the real glasses heads. eBay, I guess, probably. Yeah, the glasses fancy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The glasses are my version of the sneaker. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I just gotta collect uh, them all. Just a frame. What is a uh, what's something frame. that you think is underrated? Oh, um, I thought about this last night. Wash, washing your face. Washing your face is <laughs> underrated. My friends, go right now. Not right now. When you're done listening to this podcast, go wash your face. Tell me how good it feels. Thank me at Scott Janovitz on Twitter. It's, it's just a simple pleasure in life to wash your face in the you know, middle of the day. Not, not in the morning, not at night as you usually do, but... Middle of the day, wash that face. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel refreshed. It's just the simple Wash that face. Know? It sounds like uh, like uh, like the first day of like camp with a bunch of high school freshman boys where you're like, yeah, guys, you should try this. Just washing your face. You're going to really <laughs> like it one time. Just give yourself a little break. There is something refreshing, especially like if you don't have time to take a shower. Like I was just moving a bunch of shit in my yard that I had to move and I was like hot, but I had to get in here to record. So I'm just yeah. like- Gave myself a nice cold nice face wash. Yeah, man. Oh, Do you feel better? 
it feels like I feel like those old cowboy movies were like, you know, like there was there used to be like a wash basin and you're like, let me get right. this. Yes, one. Ah, yeah, I gotta ah, yeah, exactly. Soot off your face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with more soot. Yeah. Go to the communal right. wash basin and <laughs> Yeah. Uh simpler times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's one of those pleasures. Yeah. Give it a try. What is what is something you think is overrated? In these quarantine times, I have to tell you, I think that leaving the house is overrated. Okay. Wow. I, I don't miss it <laughs> at all. <laughs> I am happy to be in my house. I'm happy to have, you know, streaming concerts brought to me. Right. Watch old live shows. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't miss it. I don't miss leaving the house. I know a lot of people, I'm, just, that's a, I'm going against the grain. I know a lot of people really miss it. And yeah. I, I, you know, I'm rooting for the reopening where we can you know, safely uh, and wisely leave the house. Uh, yeah. but, I, but I personally will still mostly be at home. This is, yeah, introverts are thriving right now. Yeah, yeah and I'm yeah. not even, I'm not an introverted guy. I just, uh, I'm tired. I don't want to go. <laughs> Whatever I, yeah. I don't want to go. I thought I was more extroverted. <laughs> like, I like to talk and perform and things like that, but really, I get my batteries charged from being alone, like, yeah. just away. Mm -hmm. And I think, aside from, like, the out, the just the untold chaos outside of my walls that is going on in the world, just like there is this yeah. weird shift in terms of like social expectation where it's like you don't have to be out doing something. Whereas before, like I felt like shamed into going to do stuff like, yeah, just stay think inside of all weekend. But I'm right. like, all right, I'll smoke weed in a, at a park, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's sure. me going out. But I got my yard, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I, there, I, I, it's probably not super great for my mental health to be <laughs> locked in the house but sure. um you know I, I, it's good every once in a while to get out see friends face to face and all that i i know that yeah. but generally speaking I, i'm i'm happy to kind of i'm happy to have my family here you know and yeah. we can do things together and um, it simplifies things where you don't have to like when everything is going on you have a number of ways to be like oh man i think i could be doing more like being more yeah. fulfilled or whatever and i think unfortunately having to stay inside also kind of recalibrates like oh damn like you know my mom lives up the street i can help her my dad's healthy right. like my grandfather's like 90 but he's okay like and i'm like okay that that's fine i don't need to go out as much and i'm just glad there's no such thing as fomo anymore yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i um I, as a musician Mm -hmm. This yeah. is kind of this is great for me because I, I have in my home studio here. I can I can be I'm basically locked in the studio. I have a ton of new music to release. I'm kind of doing that now. This is kind of an opportunity for me uh, to right. yeah, that, you just have to look at it positively. Like the, what can you do with this time that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. Right. Uh, and finally, Scott, what is a myth? What's something uh, people think is true, you know, to be false? Uh, this is a music thing and, and a kind of a studio thing for me, but, um, the myth that most rock people are familiar with is that Dylan, Bob Dylan played at the Newport Folk Festival in 1965, famously plugging in and playing electric mm -hmm. kind of mm. a, a, a pivot point in popular music. Right. The myth is that the crowd was beside themselves upset about this folky that they loved going electric and booed him and were outraged and famously uh folky Pete Seeger was backstage trying to cut the the microphone <laughs> cables with an axe um, okay. none of that a is a little so. cartoonish yeah <laughs> to be that especially now right. th there are parts of that that are, there's different versions of that that have gone around. Most people don't never don't believe that, but but people do believe that the audience went crazy about it, and not not the case. Um, I have an, uh, I I was reading Al Cooper's uh, memoir. It's called Backstage Passes and Backstabbing Bastards. Al Cooper is famously the guy who played. Uh, organ on like a Rolling Stone, kind of talked his way into it, and then you know he had this incredible career where he produced Skinner and Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and all these bands through the '70s and into the '80s. Um, 
he was there. He was playing in Dylan's band, and he's like, no, that's not the case. People had been seeing Dylan play electric. It wasn't the first time he picked up an electric guitar. Everybody knew he was doing this, and they were very polite, and everything was fine. And yeah, Seeger right. was not trying to cut the mic cables. So yeah, that mean, is a big myth among the music community. Yeah. Now, what believe. about the what about the Royal Albert Hall performance? Because yeah. So that's one that I had on. Uh, I, I'm big Dylan good authority, head, and I have on good authority. No, I have the bootleg of it. Yeah, and people are people are booing, kind of, and like somebody's like Judas. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like not clear. I don't know. It could it could just be Bob Dylan being very uh, dramatic and picking out the one person. Uh, being the Michael Jordan of of rock music, just being like, and that was all I needed. That's all. That I was needed. all I needed. Wait, so wait, though, was the Royal Albert after the Newport show? I think it was. So like, and I think it was, it was out was there that first, people like, didn't touring. like. Right. It, he, it was, was sixty five. Or yeah, maybe it was, it was like 66. This weird. I like uh I don't know, reading about that whole like division also just like watching documentaries about Dylan where like Dylan. everything he says people are like ah he's so funny and charming right. like freaking yeah, out. Yeah, they love him. Really yeah. like puts a uh, polite like NPR New York Intellectual Society into perspective for me like now uh I I just feel like it like puts all that whole kind of scene into into perspective, um, right? Yeah, and and again, you're, it's it's like you say they the, he does half the concert acoustic, um, right. And they're they're perfectly happy. No, again, knowing full well that he's going to play the new stuff. Right. They're not right. like, what is going on? There's a band here. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. These songs, these songs were released. Like a Rolling Stone was out, you know. And wait, at these um, performances, they perform other songs they've also written as <laughs> <yeah>. well. <laughs> yeah. So the second set, the band comes out and they play, and he's and he's definitely antagonizing them a bit because they're right. They're kind. They're kind of paying lip service to the idea that they should be upset. Right. Yeah. And th- they're having fun. They're like, oh, but, and they start clapping to kind of drown him out for a minute. And they, the guy does shout Judas and, and it's, it's so fantastic. The energy in it is so good. And yeah, it's the, fun. Ba- the band but, but, is on fire. I mean, everyone should know fans don't turn on the artists they love this because they plugged a guitar into an amp. You know what I mean? Like Kanye West is out here as like white supremacist and people are like, I yeah. love everything. But have you heard early registration? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, late registration. Yeah. I mean, late registration. Dropout, and it took college me a while dropout. too. Like even when he had that one like uh moment on the Yeezus tour or the Pablo tour, he was like talking about Trump and people were like, what? People were booing him that time. Cause they were like, get yeah, this yeah. man out of here. But even then, it took me a second to be like, "Huh, is that?" Huh. <laughs> All right, it second. takes it. You don't. You don't immediately arrive to booing immediately unless they are saying right. something like, you know, have some trash, you know, political take. But it still yeah. takes a while. <laughs> it does. Yeah, people are willing to forgive a lot from their favorite. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Especially yeah. like when you go to a show too. Like when you know that they have a new album out that you don't like and you're just praying, you're like, please prioritize like the good earlier stuff. Like, I don't yeah. like this new experimental <laughs> shit you're doing. And then it comes out and you're still like, well, I love them either way. It's not my favorite. And maybe it's less yeah. about me and it's about them expressing themselves. And that's what I'm paying. Right. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, something to that. Yeah. You give them the benefit of the doubt to a point. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the day, you know, you, <laughs> You march with your dollars. You know, if you don't want to go to the next show, then you exactly know. right. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, and real quick, just wanted to talk. Uh, Joe Scarborough, Joe Biden, uh, two enemies of uh, the president who are uh, kind of getting looped into, I don't know, like they're being defended. There, There's this uh, Twitter account, God, the God Twitter account, and they are doing like a fake... Oh, uh, murder thing. The fake murder plot yeah. where they're saying that like Trump murdered somebody because it's so ridiculous that Trump is bringing up this Joe Scarborough thing. 
And I'm not saying I don't know all the details of the Joe Scarborough thing, but of the God uh, tweet, <laughs> of the God tweet. Uh, so the but the idea is that Trump over the weekend was saying like a lot of people are talking about Joe Scarborough. He's a very suspicious death of a of a person who worked for him right. and staffer. Right. And it is a very suspicious death. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't I'm, I'm just worried that people are lumping the fact that he's raising that in with the fact that he's raising the idea of voter fraud and being like both of these are equally wrong. And like, vote. let's focus on the thing that's actually evil, that's actually going to stop people from doing their God-given duty, which is to vote him out of office, which is the voter fraud thing. Um, it's it, right, The yeah. Joe Scarborough thing is suspicious. He was a you know successful rising politician of Florida. There was a suspicious death like in his office, literally, and a healthy woman who was one of his aides was found dead with like head trauma. Uh, they then were just like, yeah, she passed out and hit her head on a desk. Uh, the police were just kind of, you know, he was a powerful politician. Uh, he then retired with no really good explanation. So it's not like the furthest, uh, reach to be like, yeah, that's, that's weird. But I feel like people are, I don't know, it's getting swept into this conversation. But it's still massively inappropriate as president to conjure the conspiracy theory from your place as president of the United States. I get what you're saying, too. Like, objectively, if you heard, he'd be like, that's fucking shady. Like, objectively. Like, I don't. Is there, you know, like, what is all the evidence there? Yes, there is enough. There's murkiness there. But I think. The, it's yeah. absolutely wrong of the president to go out there and say this, especially like when it again, all it serves to do is like torment the widower of this staffer who is like yeah. plead, pleading to be like, please, like Twitter. Get yeah. this is like I'm Just fuck it. This, this is this up. was tragic. Yeah, and like down. maybe they know or maybe they don't know. But that's not for us to speculate or at least for him to speculate on this platform is Twitter. But I do get what you mean when like people just completely like look at i think because this is the deal we're fully we've fully polarized now and on the left just as much or not on the, for liberals as much as it is for oh, conservatives yeah, it's just like right. well what's our what's the call what's i know my uniform what's the call i don't care what the that's play right. is just tell me i'm what a little it is. worried about that yeah but right. that's because where we are look at the terrorist position thing. yeah the terrorist exactly. thing is completely uh, gone off the rails before it was like we must listen to women and must take these things seriously to like shut the fuck up man like joe biden could fuck shut the fuck up yeah. and i get yeah. that that's fucking trust me it's frightening that trump could have another four years in office but i'm not gonna fucking shut my eyes off to shit when i'm like reading it and looking at the 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 temperature and the culture and be like these are things we have to talk about if we ignore things they continue and that's why I'll bring them up because I'm not willing to just completely skirt those issues. But it's we are completely there are there's definitely a group uh, on on every, just it's just part of our ideological world we're in of the political ideologies that we subscribe to is like we're on fucking teams, dude. It doesn't matter. There's no objective takes anymore. It's just like, no, nah, bro, like. Fuck that, dude. Albert 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 Pujols is the fucking greatest slugger of the, like the say the Cardinals have ever had. Like it's just we're not able to really parse through everything anymore because that's just the general tone of things. We've it's there's too much anxiety and angst over what the future is that we're we're just become completely reactive. I th- I do think that people are recognizing that state of affairs within their own on their own side, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more and more people are now kind of getting that and recognizing somebody else's uh, take wherever they see it as, you know, unreasonable and extreme and uh, ideologically blind. Um, I certainly see that. And, you know, it's like, hey, listen, I want to be on your side. We, we need a coalition, but you got to be reasonable. You know, you got to take things objectively and evaluate them as they come 
No, this these knee jerk defenses of people like Biden or Scarborough, anybody, you know, none of us are here to (laughs) defend Joe Scarborough. Um, Right. And I you feel just like that's just getting swept and... in. Like it's it's just you know it's a messy You're process. Right. It's an election year, but I you, I, yeah. I just feel like people are having a hard time. And I I don't actually think people who are following these stories have a hard time like holding two ideas in their head at the same time. That like yeah. Trump and Biden can both be shitheads, but we're gonna have to vote for Biden because we Trump is like the worst thing that's ever happened to this country. I think it's more that like people who think about this stuff and like believe that the country is like too, that the people who the voters and the audience and the readers and the listeners are too dumb to be able to like hold those two ideas in their heads. So they like end up putting things in very misleading terms that I feel like uh, you're, you're Yeah. You saying this is like, oh, I, okay, I guess that is something I should think more about. Like, I don't know anything about this death. And right. I, I did, when I read the husband's letter where he begged for those tweets to be taken down and um, to, uh, he ex- kind of explained she had this uh, undiagnosed heart condition. I was like, oh, okay, um, that's a new piece of information to me. I, I I don't know what to think of it, but it's certainly something that I need to not just knee jerk, you know, whatever Trump says is bad and wrong. And yeah. I got to take the side of the other person. Yeah, yeah. I have plenty of beef with Joe Scarborough from when he was a Republican and doing his punch. Yeah, back I mean, then. he's a Republican. He's also like a lot of his beef is like from the fact that he hung out with Trump like before right. the, all of this. Yeah. So like he's not, I don't know. And like yeah, there's probably New York scumbag class. But I yeah. guess it. The thing is, we get distracted, though, because that's precisely what the point of even bringing this up is that it's completely yeah, cons- takes all the fucking air. And we get it. We're at, I- I'm we're objective and be like, yeah, that's that would that's a little disconcerting. Uh, that doesn't seem like a clear. But I don't know everything. So I don't I'm not going to have an opinion. Yeah, I to don't say, Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Trump. Like, let this fool know or like, leave Joe alone. He's innocent. <laughs> right. I don't. It just seems care. like a lot of energy is being spent <laughs> defending Joe Scarborough. And like I see it in other other places, too, just on the with yeah. the sort of mainstream Democratic and liberal take. But being... let's yeah. Let, but let's be real. You know, like if, if, if you know, when you look at like, but, you know, don't. Don't talk bad. It's gonna it's gonna put people off. And me talking right. about it is gonna put people off. Like I, anyone who is choosing to not vote, that's a decision they're making because they clearly are fine with the possibility of Trump being president again. I am not. Right. I am yeah. not. So I will do what I have to do to figure out what what I have to do to get to that mathematical majority to ensure that this man is no longer president. I have yeah. already acknowledged that the American political system is a cesspit that I want nothing to do with after working in it and knowing and understanding that these sides are completely illusions for a corporate class to maintain their business and they just work for different industries. That's all yeah, it is. Right. They Everyone yeah. has teams. The Democrats have a lot of investment bankers and that, and those kinds of industries, professional industries, and then a lot of them like mining, extraction, fossil fuels, plenty of other business like and not to say that they're exclusive but they all have they all have interests they all have vested interests that's why the money goes into these parties to keep these people in office to create the legislation that allows them to exploit our labor that's all it is so i'm not being i'm not being shitty because i'm like yeah this whole thing fucking stinks and tara reed or not i still have to look at joe biden trying to gatekeep blackness so what do you want me to do you want me to fucking skate by that one i get this guy is fucking flawed in so many ways I'm not. Anyways. I don't think is. Look, he's gonna do whatever he wants. He can mix up his own name for Donald Trump. It is what it is. But right. I'm looking at it and I'm going, "That's not ideal." Right. <laughs> That's it. That's not. Yeah. It's not ideal. Then the ideals <laughs> that I'm trying to advocate for are ones where we acknowledge people's pain, the lack of consent that we have in this culture, the lack of openness we have towards other religions, the lack of uh, fucking fairness we have for races. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. So if you're not out here full throated saying this is everything I stand for, I'm going to say, well, that's not optimal. Right. That's not what I want because what right. guess what I want is better. So fuck me because I want better. All right. Guess what? Yeah. Right. You do better too in this reality that I'm envisioning. 
where everybody can at least, or at least we can begin to address some inequalities, some inequities that we have societally, that people can begin to feel that they are not subhuman, no matter what it is, beyond race, beyond gender, beyond all of that, there is a message that's being sent to people you know, like with fucking the Kevin Hassett or whatever, the economic advisor at the White House, like human capital stock is what he was referring stock, to. Stock, yeah. Get the what fuck the out of here. That's so <laughs> inhumane. And that's the kind of thinking that allows black people to be slaughtered in the street, that allows trans women of color to be slaughtered in the street, that allows a, a more Islamophobic violence. Every kind of phobia is because this is just... The, because we're not dealing with this bigger yeah. shit. We're too, yeah, too busy escaping for Joe Scarborough, whether or not what the fuck happened to his staff for years ago. I don't fucking care, man. Like, yeah, I guess exactly. there might be something there. And please, law enforcement, do whatever you got to do to bring justice if there is something there. But I, right now, I'm focused on right now. And there is way too much scary shit happening right now that is more yeah. pressing to me and my existence and the existence of, of, of you know, a future family I hope to have one day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and people are out there defending that human capital stock remark as uh, that's just a that, you know, that's a standard economic way of d talking about workforce, labor force. It's like, it shouldn't be. Right. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> that's not how we should talk about people. Yeah. We shouldn't talk about them as stock. Well, it's because that's literally all that, dehumanizing. Yeah. Well, that pr prioritization of hoarding wealth leads to these things like where Jeff Bezos or Amazon makes like a fucking half million dollars a fucking second, whatever. Yeah. There's some ridiculous math yeah, of like it's, it's, the amount of month revenue being generated. Yeah. Uh, and for him. Yeah. I mean, to stay a steal line from Drake, it's gross what he nets. Uh, right. And yeah. this hoarding of wealth that occurs comes at the cost of our humanity because the the trade-off is, well, if I hoard all this money, that means all these humans get fuck all. That's right, all that. Right. And we've already set up that dynamic. So like, I, I, Jesus, it's just, and there's the so much and the, shit going on right now. I just want to the pandemic. The pandemic has totally exposed that in that these workers who work for his company are suffering, getting furloughed, you know, just being treated so poorly yeah. by a company who, that has an insane amount of uh, value and their owner who is insanely rich and gets insanely richer literally every minute. Yeah. Um, why, why not just be a good guy? Why not say, hey, I'm going to take some of this unimaginable wealth and take care of these people? Yeah. That'll keep it's pitchforks away from your property be, line. Yeah, exactly. It's good for your image. Why? I don't understand who's yeah. not suggesting that to him. And how does it not occur to him naturally? I don't know. I think, because I, I, you know, because it's like anything, right? We, we go into bubbles out of self-preservation. Yeah. And yeah. those bubbles become impenetrable, I think, the higher the less you interact with a more diverse group of people socioeconomically, because when yeah. you get so insulated in there, it's fucking, it's, it's asbestos, baby. It, yeah. I've seen that shit, myself. Yeah. It's just so thick. You can't get through there. And it's, it's carcinogenic. Like you, you lose your humanity and all of it. But one thing to the Amazon point is there was that whole thing where a lot of people are pointing out that across, I think over like 11 local news stations were running the exact same Amazon created segment talking about an inside look at their facilities, but it was right. penned by their PR people. And ah. this is like this corporate media, media relationship that's coming yeah. into your local news station where you're like local newscasters who you maybe, maybe grew up with or maybe know or right. whatever are saying, trust. go and like, they gave us a glimpse. It's like they're ensuring the health and safety of all their workers. That's according to the PR team. Cause everything I've heard is they're yeah. firing people who speak up. So right. what the fuck? And I think that's yeah, it's like, another despicable dimension of the way, you know, yeah. Amazon's behaving throughout all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after that. And we're back. And I wanted to talk about the George Floyd video. Another... Murder that would have gone completely unpunished, unremarked upon, probably, if the people who were watching it didn't have cameras on. Yeah. And if the police didn't feel like just so invincible that they could just slowly 
just unaccountable, just strangle someone to death, like over the course of eight minutes, like on the street with people watching and they were fired and that like, they need to be in jail. Like yesterday they need to be in jail. Two days ago, they need to be in jail. It seems like a new level, but I, I don't, no, that it is. I think it might just be more of the same shit that we've we just keep seeing. Um, yeah, and I can't I can't imagine what the feelings are of of people who know him, people, you know, African American people in this country, like people who have you know children out there who you know when they see this, they're this person like this is something that everybody is in in danger of happening to them if you live in America. doesn't matter. It can happen in the middle of the street in broad daylight while people look on. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just at a point where I'm tired of like begging white people to stop killing us or thinking we are dangerous. I've had to do versions of this every time unarmed black people are killed where I try and advocate for evolving your point of view or perspective on what a black person is or how they behave, how we look at the world, what our intents are outside of just honestly living like anybody else. There's no secret to it. We're not, our houses are not different. Our parents are not different. Our upbringings are not different. We still, there's, we are human beings. And, you know, when black people call out racism, Unfortunately, in this country, white people have a habit of immediately turning off because it's a thing that we're used to seeing in America. It's like, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I get it. Everything's racist. But, you know, and I know that most people completely turn off because I look around me and all of the evidence remains of systemic racism and white supremacy in this country and the, the point of view that black bodies are a threat and are disposable. And... You know, when we we can only advocate for our own communities in uh, to a certain point until it plateaus. And the reason we advocate is because we're trying to send a message to the dominant cultures, the dominant forces in our society, the hegemonic classes in our society to be allies, to understand, to see our humanity and say, "Hello, the only we can only say please stop killing us so much until you have to begin to look at your own your own world." And say, well, I have to also do some cleaning up around here too, because it's on one level, it's not just, and and I don't mean this just for black people. I mean this for any group. There are plenty of groups in this country where we need the help of everybody to make sure we are not killed or mistreated or have our 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 autonomy and sense of agency completely disregarded. I know that people. It's hard to hold people accountable, especially loved ones, friends or family, because you can alienate yourself by being like by calling racism out. But I there, there's really no other way. You have to begin signaling to your fellow people, no matter what community you're in, whether that's me talking to my to Asian people. I know black people I know who might say some weird shit about another group like, yo, yo, kill that shit. That's racist. Knock that shit off. Yeah. It's yeah. you don't have to flip tables, but you need to you need to at least be there to say up. Oh, sorry. Alert. That's fucking right. not right. And I'm telling right. you, I know that's not right. And I don't like that you said that. I'm not going to fight you about it, but that's what it is. Because yeah. we are sticking up for ourselves as best as we can, and we are still dying. So now we need you to actually help you know, stick up for our lives. And s- stop listening to our music. Stop taking our culture. If you aren't going to stand and be counted when our lives are at stake. I, I don't know how else to say this. It's so I don't I don't want to see people smoking blunts and white girls or they're listening to fucking Lil Uzi Vert in their Instagram stories. And the next thing you know, the the best they can muster up as a response to this racism stuff is like, LOL, that lady lost her job from the Central Park thing. Can you believe it? That's not I'm not yeah. that doesn't that doesn't heal our wounds. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see a video of you coming for your friend who's calling some shit ghetto or saying, oh, look at those thugs over. Call that shit out. That right. that makes me feel like you are actually trying to to do something and actually advocate. And I, uh, again, I know it's uncomfortable, but by doing nothing, we will continue to bear the brunt of unfettered white supremacy um, so you can continue to be comfortable around your racist peers. And I just right. want to say, please, 
please. Everybody out here is a human being. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Arab. It's all, we are all just trying to fucking live, man. And the, di- the whole deck is already stacked against us. Everybody. Everybody. So what, why are we wasting our energy looking at each other like we don't give a fuck about each other? It's going to eat you up inside. You need to open. We all need to just open ourselves up to really sticking up for our fellow human being no matter what. Whether that if you're a black person and you hear somebody making some stupid comment about an Asian person and the fucking coronavirus, shut that shit down. If you want to fucking say something about a, 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 a Hispanic person going to their job or whatever, you want to say some dumb shit, you hear somebody say something or you even have a thought and you think, oh, oh I made a joke in my head. Please bring awareness to that because that's the only yeah. way we're going to move forward. We can't continue to do the cycle of, oh my God, you're right, that's bad. And then just let the flame die out because yeah. having to walk around and think, fuck, man, it could, could somebody just think, is it okay? Like the, the, this crosses my mind all the time. I have to throw my, I pick up my dog shit and I might be something near someone's driveway and I want to throw the dog shit away in their, their garbage can. That's kind of up the driveway, not even that far, but I have to think, <laughs> is it safe for me to approach to throw dog shit away? Cause I don't know right. this neighborhood. I don't know if someone's looking out their window and is just ready to looks at me at some certain way. It's tiring. We can only, I think just as an entire race of human beings, everybody, we can, we have to look at each other and just shut all this bullshit down, man. Because the look at, look at where it goes. Fucking, it's gonna, it's, and it's only gonna be five days till I'm saying the same thing again. And I'll say it, yeah. but fuck. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's a really important point that it's, it's everything. It's, it's up to us as individuals and these things, the, the small sayings, the small thoughts uh, that are expressed around us, like those things. This is how they bleed from like things people think to, you know, somebody being murdered in in the street because that police officer has been fed a lifetime of messaging that didn't allow him to, or didn't, you know, that he didn't view the person he was interacting with as a human being. Right. Um, Just a threat to him. Yeah. Right. I think that what you're saying, Miles, is really smart. It's like, think of it on a smaller scale. You don't have to go out there and march, but look at these kind of, what's the, you know, think of it as the opposite of a microaggression, you know, it's a, yeah, uh, uh, being micro proactive. It's just like, hey, like, oh, hey, that's not cool. It's going to take five seconds. It might make the other person feel uncomfortable or small in the moment, but that's what you want. Yeah, you know, make them rethink what they're doing. If they have any respect for you or your your perspective, then they're gonna question it, even if even if they react negatively yeah. in the moment. At the very least, let it, your values be known to your peers. Let your Absolutely. values be known to your peers. If you sit idly by, they will assume. And that friend who you let that comment skate by, they go to their job and they're gonna fucking do something to a marginalized group because yeah. they think that's how it works. That I guarantee you, that's gonna happen. Because yeah. I inter- we all interact in this world, no matter who we are, we come across these people. And I, they're probably yeah. not going home to a household where people are constantly like, hey, uh, you should probably kind of expand your worldview on this and not be so narrow-minded right. or ignorant uh, and try and be more right. open. That's probably not happening, but that's what we need to begin doing. And I think, and I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't want to even start a person's journey, right? If you're a white listener and you're thinking, man, I've never thought about this. I don't mean to come at you and say, you're fucked up and evil and racist. Fuck you. I under, look, we all have all kinds of shit. We are completely force fed into our brains. What the, the, the minimum I'm asking is for awareness, just a little bit of awareness, be a little bit aware of what you might be thinking or what your first reaction is. And just take a second and be like, whoa, that's fucked up. I've caught myself doing that. And I have to go, oh my God, what the, I don't, I don't, I would never do harm to this person. But like my thought was really fucking problematic about this thing or about this event or whatever. And it takes a second to then say, okay, whoa, you're going to have to let that, don't renew this subscription to that fucking ideology anymore. Just let that one go and try and pick that apart (laughs) and be like, that's fucking bad. You're like, oh, you know what? I realize 
this is when I was in junior high. We all used to make jokes like this about this yeah. group of people. And I'm like, it's a ref- it's a reflex I gr- I built into myself as a 12-year-old around other ignorant 12-year-olds. It's right. everything. It's it's not just race, man. It's how you might look at what a what a man should be, a woman should be. We have all these sort of inf- informed opinions on what a person should or shouldn't be or what is you already know what they're going to be like and a complete we're not actually counting our humanity as being a factor in that and that we can be different and unique uh it's not all monolithic yeah and and going on i mean i i've had the same experience you know as a kid you have these things that are ingrained in you um that are okay like yeah i'm taught the, to accept all people and i i outwardly do that but you have these things in your brain where you can use words that are offensive about entire groups of people um, you can make jokes that you think are, uh, harmless, but you know, I, I gotta say to fellow white folks, y- you gotta drop the irony, right? You That's gotta... what is that irony is the shield that we use to have those thoughts bubble up in our head. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I, I don't, I, it's funny to me because I couldn't possibly believe that. That's why I feel like I can say this or think it or whatever in private or whatever it is. You got to drop that. And yeah. There's no other way to learn to retrain your brain. It, it might take a couple of months. It might take a little bit longer, but eventually you will, you will kill that part that um, allows you to even think those things we all can and accept it we all, all can do better we all can do better uh every yeah. every person e- every person can do better so you know if you're thinking does this apply to me like it applies to me uh and like we we need to find ways to you know be part of the solution because this what what we're seeing is completely completely unacceptable and i'd say again yeah. it's i appreciate people who were running with Ahmaud Arbery and did the tribute run of 2.23 miles, those are gestures and those are received, but it ends, the, it, it, it doesn't mean anything unless you're then willing to keep, if, that, if you can say, oh my God, that is awful, that this unarmed human being was just summarily executed in the street and the police let that happen. That is so awful. Don't just let that thought end there. Say, okay, is it awful enough that I'm going to dedicate, not that you have to be in these streets, but I can at least have a viewpoint and be a node in this network of takes that will be the one that does not allow the bullshit to get by, that I can broadcast some positivity and that I can know every person that I associate with, I don't have to worry about being on a viral video on Facebook pulling some racist shit because we all yeah. talk about this. We all tried to check back in with our humanity and say, yeah, that was dumb shit we used to say as kids, man. That doesn't help. And actually by joking about X group means every time I encounter someone like that, I've already fucking hardlined all this bullshit in because of this habit of thinking. Try and just look at everybody and be like, man, I know this person is just doing what they can and they're just trying to live. They're not trying to bother me. They're not trying to fucking harm me. They're just trying to live. And if they're trying to, if they're trying to live in a way that might be different to what I believe, or maybe at times illegal, then you look, you have to you figure out, try and extend some empathy to understand certain people. We're we're coming up in a society where we have no options. So yeah. and it's and again, the deck is stacked not just against people of color. This The deck is stacked against everybody. That's why so many of the most powerful civil rights movements get kneecapped the second poor people get on the same page, the second working people get on the same page, and these fucking divisive barriers of sex, race, gender, religion, whatever, vanish, and you go, oh shit, yeah. now we're a fucking big-ass fist. Right. We're not this. We're not a bunch of fucking pieces, of uh, shards of, of wood. Now we have some structure. And the only way we can do that is if we can look at every single human being and say, I have no issue like fighting for you. I have no issue with you thriving as a human being. In fact, I believe that people will probably be more less stressed out if 
their needs were met. And we lived in a in a world where at least we can begin to address this. We're not going to live in a utopia. I'm not I'm not in, under illusions like that because racism will live for as long as yeah. people look different. That's just yeah. that is what it is. But there are enough people that are malleable enough and are are aware enough to know that this is bad, that racism bad, just being discriminatory is bad, bigotry bad, and you can actually be somebody who puts the opposite out. Anybody who is not in the ruling class um, can benefit from a united coalition of people because it's the it's the economic rule of all of us mm-hmm. that is the greatest villain here uh, that I think that we need to. Uh, it's hard for people to kind of see that gap where it's like, oh, I'm, you know, no, I, 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 I like uh, black people. I like Asian people. I, I like everybody. I don't have a problem you know? with but, anybody. But they're, yeah, but they're, they're over there. Right. And I think it's great. Good for them. I'm over here. It's all cool. You know, as long as they're you over gotta, there and it should just be yeah. like, no, nah, you know what? That sucks that someone has to walk down the street and get assaulted in Boston because they're Asian. And they right, have some yeah. kind of coronavirus shit going through that. That's fucked up. I'm actually the Absolutely. kind of person, if I heard somebody say that, I'll smack the shit out of them. Or I will yeah. verbally do that to let them know <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is fucking wrong. You know, and yeah. I think uh, it's it, it really does and take this feeling that you, the, the solution is that we actually have to be like, nah, man, there's we can't there's no teams anymore. There's no teams anymore. Because when there's teams, that means we let women fall by the wayside. That means we let... Uh, trans people f- fall by the wayside yeah. and all these other groups it's not teams man it's all fucking people it's all people right. then stop buying into this because it's only causing more hurt and shout out to all the tortured people on twitter expressing especially people of color on the internet trying to fucking make sense of this because it's really it's just it's it, it just continues and and it, it, we really all need to arrive at a place to do better. And that, that's all I can say. And again, I can, we can only advocate for our communities to a certain point. It takes everybody. It takes me to look at uh, people uh, with mental health issues advocating for their community to say like, yes, I can be more empathetic. Yes, I can f- fuck, fuck any jokes about that because that actually, you're yeah. a human being and me saying that hurts you. I don't need that shit. I'm smart enough to find jokes and make real irony out of words and things like that that aren't just being mean from habits that we all developed on the school schoolyard that we thought was quote unquote funny. Um, yeah. Right. Just, you know, let's all come together. <laughs> Fuck, man. Mm. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's a most passe shit, but like, I don't know. What, That's what it comes to. Yeah. yeah. But like, we, we uh, really have to fucking believe that. All right. Let's, let's end on, uh, something stupid. And Labyrinth. Frivolous. Labyrinth is, uh, <laughs> So you're I you're a labyrinth fan. Labyrinth. Uh, both of you guys are labyrinth fans. I, I have never you. seen labyrinth. What? Uh, yeah. Oh man. Never saw Jennifer labyrinth. Connelly. I mean, it's no. a wonderful, bizarre movie. I was I, in I love need to with check Jennifer it out. Connelly as a child. Uh, then the Rocketeer, another fantastic Jennifer Connelly joint. Yeah. Really, actually, that movie kind of holds up in the choir. Uh, I watched the Rocketeer, Rocketeer does. Yeah. yeah, it's like Disney. Huh. So. I mean, I don't know. Uh, may, don't quote me on that. Probably there's like, uh, there's some weird Nazi stuff in there. I'm like, you guys already here. Miles says Rocketeer is the movie of the year. <laughs> Rocketeer, movie of the year, right after Capone. <laughs> Rocketeer is the movie that perfectly describes our current situation. Right. But yeah, like I, I loved it because A, it's a Jim Henson. There's Jim Henson characters in it. So for me being a Sesame Street Muppet boy, Muppet gang as a kid, I was like, perfect. This is one-to-one. And my mom it was. I also liked it because my mom. It was like a, one of the few kids' movies, quote unquote. My mom would watch with me rather than being like summoning the VHS babysitter. And I think it's because <laughs> she was in love with David Bowie and his codpiece, yeah. uh, Jareth. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I always have fond memories of of that film. It always has, you know, got musical numbers, got some like Escher oh, vibes, great. you know. The music in it is great. Um, it's you know it's very eighties Bowie yeah. kind of uh, oh, <laughs> mystical yeah. Bowie. Right, right. Did he do the um, soundtrack or they just kind of tried to capture his vibe? He sings, uh, you know, most of the songs in it. I believe okay. that he. I, I I don't know, but I believe that he must have had a hand in at least writing and producing them uh, because they sound so very Bowie. Mm. Um, not just because of his voice, but the sort of the vibe. Yeah. 
Um, but they're good songs, and and the the creatures are uh, a, a step beyond what we've been used to uh, from Henson. Yeah, yeah. Some of them really disturbing in a yeah. way, uh, in a, in a way that's acceptable for kids, but but like really kind of off kilter. The whole movie's off kilter. Yeah, I gotta yeah. watch um, that shit. I bet I've been watching. There's a betrayal. Lot of, uh, there's Sesame all this street yeah. uh, past couple weeks. Just talk talk about VHS babysitter. Like, yeah, can, <laughs> it's like you feel like your kid is like sitting through class. Like not actually, but like that's like they're yeah. actually. I've seen my four-year-old watch something on Sesame Street and then like put that knowledge into action like uh, just as well as he does when I, you know, put my just, uh, long plays together with the sock puppets. Um, <laughs> and I just wish I could get these damn kids to say Tom Brady's the real goat. <laughs> you know Sesame me, man. <laughs> Uh, um, never. The show, Anyways, there's never. a sequel coming to Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, that guy, Derrickson, the guy who directed Doctor Strange. So, oh, that's already like there's moments. The, the film is very Promising. visually out there. So, I think that's a really good. Uh, I think I, I I like that. I like to hear that the guy who put Doctor Strange together is going to uh, be directing the sequel, along with yeah. Brian and Lisa Henson. So, the Henson hands are still in it. Uh, along with the trippy director, um, I mean, I don't. Who could there possibly be a new David Bowie type character? Like, what would we do? Like, do we? Mm, is that even who a, would be our Bowie? Do yeah. we cast that? Do we make it not musical? Do we not that? Because heavy lies that crown. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, it would be mm, like you have to hmm. Grimes if she never married Elon Musk. Um, I'm trying to think of who who our Bowie is. I don't know. Uh, Florence. Yeah, that'd be good. Florence would be dope. Because she's Grimes got like, and Elon she's got Musk's five. Florence baby. Welch. Uh, yeah, I think I like Florence Welch. James Blake. <laughs> <laughs> James Blake. He has no charisma though. But <laughs> I would Zero love to. Charisma. I would love to hear what those. If James Blake did that soundtrack, that would be. I'll, I'll settle for that. You know what, Florence Welch. <laughs> Florence Welch for the Jareth equivalent character. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Um. All right. Well, so you you guys are pro this idea. You're happy to go back and revisit the world of Labyrinth. I don't know if I am. I don't know where I land on that. I, I I'm 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 trepidatious about that. Mm. Yeah. All that to say is I you know like any movie that we talk about, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds dope. I d- I barely watched them afterwards. I'm like the idea <laughs> the idea is pleasant, and I will say right. that. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm sure when they like more cast stuff comes out that might either fully be like, Oh, this is going to be bad. Or you're gonna be like, right. this could be really good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Scott, it has been a pleasure, uh, having you on the daily zeitgeist, uh, where can oh, people my pleasure to be here. Uh, find you, follow you, hear you, all that good stuff. You can follow me on the streets of Boston. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Scott Janovitz. Uh, the podcast is on uh, Instagram at uh, Citizen Critic Pod. Mm. Uh, find us there. Uh, you know, I'm around. And is there You'll a find tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, yes. I liked this tweet. It's not a funny tweet, um, but it sums up how I'm the, the sort of gobsmacked vibe that I'm in all the time now. It's from Dave Holmes. Yeah. He tweeted, uh, I think a couple of days ago, he said, um, imagine failing to unite people against sickness and death. And that pretty <laughs> much nails it for me. That's good it's leadership. Like, that is yeah. good leadership. Uh, that's a, that is an, a, that's a, an achievement. Miles, where can people find you and follow you? And what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray, and on my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, where we talk about 90 Day Fiance. Nice. Delicious stoner trash. Uh, a couple awesome. of tweets I like. One is from Sophia Chang, past guest, um, in reference to 
uh, the Minneapolis incident, um, because one of the officers was Asian uh, in the video who had their back sort of turned to this incident. Sophia tweeted, do not turn away from me. This image of an Asian cop turning his back on a white cop as he murders a black man symbolizes patently the anti-blackness that exists within our community. Just as this man is an accomplice to murder, so are we in the Asian community complicit in the violence and injustice that befalls other people of color unless we engage in the fight for justice for all, not just us. Uh, To my fellow yellows who love black culture but don't fight white supremacy as it crushes black communities, you're part of the problem, and please don't ask me to stand for your Asian causes, then shrink from engaging in a real conversation about anti-blackness. And I just think that's a tweet that can apply to any community, any group, um, and just a, a a feeling of solidarity. Uh, so I appreciate that to Sophia Chang, who, my goodness, uh, if you haven't read Baddest Bitch in the Room and you want to hear about this woman who basically <laughs> introduced Wu-Tang Clan to Wu-Tang Kung Fu, uh, check out Sophia Chang. <laughs> She's absolutely incredible. Uh, and then the last yeah. tweet I like is from Eve, at uh, Eve underscore Kennelly. Uh, it says, straight couples are like, babe, 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 babe. <laughs> Babe, babe, babe. <laughs> uh, oh, <man>. It's true. Can I add a second tweet? I was debating between these two. This, yeah. this one just, this one made me laugh. Uh, this is from Jim Belushi of all people. <laughs> and he says, becoming a cannabis farmer has changed my life. This is Jim Belushi. All right. Yes, Jim Belushi. <laughs> Uh, that's what um, it was that changed your life that was what it was Danielle Betsy tweeted unfortunately I'll be thinking about this for the rest of my life and it's a picture of a bumper sticker that just says Gatorade should be thicker (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) need some more viscosity Uh, in my electrolytes and then uh, Randy at Randy Paint tweeted Muhammad Ali float like a butterfly jellyfish done Muhammad Ali sting like a bee jellyfish I am nailing this Uh, (laughs) you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist we're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram we have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are we going to ride out on today? Okay, so this is from an artist uh, we've we've gone out on before, like maybe once. And it's I, I like this artist because we don't know who this artist really is. Uh, Scott, you may have ideas, but Clutchy Hopkins. Uh, people don't know what the, these albums appear. Uh, people think it's the Beastie Boys just playing instruments. People think it's other collaborators, but it's just it's got this very like I don't know like stoner jam band kind of vibe where people aren't like absolutely shredding on their instruments but they know their instruments well enough and their ideas are great so like everything has like a really great feel so this track is called 215 like 2 minutes 15 seconds because all of the songs are just the track length uh, and it's basically just <laughs> guitar, drums, a little bit of Rhodes if you like that, a little electric piano uh, bass um, and yeah, mystery. Uh, if you have ideas oh, of who you think Clutchy good. Hopkins is uh, let, let us know. Awesome. Uh, Alright, well we are going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you then. Bye. 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 Bye.